because underwriting as much as you know of it being a science right it's also an art you can you can manipulate the yeah. numbers to anywhere any way you want to and you can also emphasize certain numbers any way you want to and we started thinking okay well this is how i would underwrite it because i have you know my friends and family investing in this and this is what i want and this you know it's this is how i create our returns all of that stuff we just started getting on the same page started just you know as an exercise of really just making sure we we're on the same page i'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey without a strong why it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential my name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today I'm here with Powell Chi and Wan Yang. Uh, I know Powell and Chi for a couple of years now. Um, we met, oh gosh, I think that was in maybe early 2021, I believe was our sort of first conversation. Um, but guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you kind of do your own background. I, I wanna, I think it's better coming from the guests. So. First of all, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for taking the time out. Uh, I know um, I know at least Powell's traveling right now and still making time for this. So thank you guys. Um, but why don't we just first tell tell the listeners a little bit about yourselves? Absolutely. I'll go I'll go first here. Um, so I'm Powell Chi. If you don't know who I am, but uh, I know you do know who I am, basically, but uh, for your listeners. And um so you know, just just going back a little bit about my, my my bio. I live in uh, Southern California. Uh, lived here for the past uh, 12, 13 years or so, um, and started my real estate journey around 2015 when I bought my very first single family house. That was a uh, house that I had in Kansas City, and even though I lived in LA, that was a big step for me to to buy something uh, that far away, sight unseen. Never saw it. Never. Uh, Never visited it. Never eventually I sold it, and I, I still never saw it, or uh, you know, never visited it. Uh, I always thought that was kind of interesting to, to do that. So, um, and then in 2017, I was able to uh, uh, buy my own uh, multifamily property. Got into multifamily. I really figured that at uh, with one single family house, it just was not going to get me there fast enough. So I really wanted to scale up faster. So I bought a multifamily property in 2017. 2018, uh, bought another one. 2019, uh, we could talk to Juan and I will talk to you about. We, we partnered together and five different uh, syndications were general partners on all of them, uh, all multifamily properties. And then we, uh, 2020, uh, we took a little break because of COVID. And so we were like, hey, we, we got to make sure we know what we're doing here with, uh, with investing wise. And we're, you know, a lot of people are investing with us. So we want to make sure that there's a lot of uncertainty going around with COVID. So uh, we actually decided to add another asset class to our mix and that was self-storage. And we, uh, uh, we said, we're not going to buy any multifamily for at least six months. But while we're not buying anything, let's go ahead and take a look at uh, self-storage. And so we did, we ended up, uh, feeling very good about the about self storage and about the uh, investing in it, but it was all theoretical at that point, right? So um, it was all on paper, and so we decided, hey, let's go out and buy one. Let's go get let's buy our very first one. We bought our very first one in January 2021, 
Uh, I'll just fast forward it to this moment. Uh, so about two and a half years later, we're at 16 different locations. We're at 5,000 units and about 650,000 square feet. Um, and just on a sort of a, you know, and it probably a little bit more personal. We, you know, I was able to retire, I guess, almost a year ago exactly uh, from my corporate job. So there was a point where I was like just doing too much with corporate job and self-storage and real estate and multifamily. And it was just too much. And I just got to that point where I told my, talked to my wife and said, Hey, we can, we need to make a decision here. I need to do one or the other. And, um, and so um, I heavily influenced her to choose real estate. She was like, why don't you just keep your job? And I was like, <laughs> that's not going to work. And I was like, I don't think that's going to work anymore. I, I did it for too long. Um, but that, that's what brings us up to, uh, yeah, the, the current time, but, uh, I'll let Juan go over his bio as well. So yeah, you go ahead. Juan. All right. Awesome. 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 Yeah. My name is Juan. And if I tell you a little bit of my background, well, actually, uh, I grew up in Argentina in South America and then came to us when I was 17 years old and then joined the army. And basically right after army, uh, when, when I was done, when I was honorably discharged from the army, I started. Uh, pretty quickly start, you know, venturing different businesses. You know, there was a lot of failure, but also at the end, we end up doing a clothing uh, business and then that has been very successful. Well, that with the seed money, um, basically in 2017-ish, so around there, <clears throat> I start focusing my uh, towards real estate. And then I start buying uh, some duplexes and things like that. And to, ma to make it very funny is that uh, uh, I was kind of focusing on the uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. That was my focus. And then I met Powell through a meetup and in LA. Uh, and then I uh, found out that we were actually competing each other <laughs> with the same property. So mm -hmm. to make a long story short, we decided that, you know what, you know, since let's not compete, let's have a partnering on, right? So that was, a, that was the very, very, basically how we actually, the partnership has been ventured from that point on. And from there, and then we start purchasing apartments together, and then all the way we came to self storage. And then, you know, I don't want to bore you, so you know, everything else after that actually, Paul actually mentioned it already. So here we are. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's a cool story, like sort of how you cross paths and and met, and <laughs> that's funny that you're both sort of competing on a on a property. With I I think um, a couple of sort of backstory things I want to touch on. Um, Powell, I, I know you mentioned you sort of bought that place uh, sight unseen, sold it, so you never had it. And I think that's probably worth talking a little bit more about, just given that sure. I know that's not your focus now, but a lot of people uh, have a lot of nervousness, limiting beliefs, worry about investing in real estate just in general. And so mm -hmm. I think, you know, the fact that the, that was your first foray into it and you did that without you know, any, yeah. any, I don't know if you did it without hesitation, but you did it. So what was kind of the thinking behind that? How, how did you even sort of fall into that? Yeah. I, you know, that was a, that was a big step. So uh, like I had probably wanted to do real estate um, for years, right. Decades, right. You know, my, my family would always talk about it. You know, my, my dad um, owned a couple houses and done pretty well with them. Um, all in the San Francisco Bay Area. And so he was always telling us, hey, you guys got to get involved in real estate. So, you know, we always wanted to, but I never understood how I could invest outside of my two hour drive, you know, two hour radius for me. It just didn't make sense. And um, and it wasn't until I was listening to a lot of podcasts and listening to other people who were um, 
who are doing it and they may have just fell into it. Right? They may live in Ohio and then they retired and to Florida and, but they still own the houses in Ohio. And I was like, what, how, do, how does that work? Like, how do you, how do you do that? And that was a, just hearing that's kind of like more and more. I just thought, you know what? All these people are doing it. It's not, it's not very common. Well, it wasn't as common then, at least it just wasn't out there as much. I'm sure there's a lot of people that were, doing it, but uh, I didn't know anybody. And so then I started thinking about it and I'm like, if these people can do it, then, I mean, I should be able to do it. Like I should be able to like at least follow their footsteps and be able to do it. I'm not in reinventing the wheel here that, that I'm owning something that I really can't just drive to. And, um, and if I can own something outside of where I live, then this really just opens up the whole United States for me, right? Cause now it's not just, Hey, I can only invest in Kansas city or Indianapolis. It's like, there's a lot of land in between Southern California and Indianapolis that, that it covers. So I can invest pretty much anywhere, you know, right. And, um, that was, you know, when you think about it, it's like, we don't live in the times where our parents grew up where, Hey, if you have a, an issue at your apartment, um, you have to get on a phone call. And we, when you get on a phone call, you, you leave a message for somebody and it's, and it's something that's like, they're going to get to their answering machine later. Right. You know, you don't live in those times anymore. Right. You can get on FaceTime or you can, you know, you can video chat with people, you instant message with people. So it's one of those things that like, I, I just realized it's, it's not, um, you know, we don't live in those times anymore. And, and technology is constantly improving, getting better. So, um, you know, I, I just thought, okay, this can be, this can be done. Right. And I'm not, as, I'm not, like I said, not reinventing the wheel, not as smart as everybody else. I'm not as dumb as everybody else. It's just like, I, I can do it if they can do it. And, um, and, you know, with that in mind, you know, I just kind of took the leap and said, I'll just, I'm just going to go for it. Right. And then after I did it, that's when I started my meetup. Um, and it was really about investing from California outside of, outside of California and being able to do that. And since, you know, that's, that's what really kind of propelled me to do it from not only a single family point of view, but into the multifamily. And then now, nowadays it's very common that you're going to be outside of, uh, that you're going to be investing outside of where you live. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And it's, uh, looks like we lost one there. Hopefully it comes back in. Um, it's, it's such a, it's sort of commonplace now, but, but I mean, a lot has changed in the last, you know, three to five years in terms of technology and things like that. Like you really, you can, you can effectively run a business mostly from your phone. So you can, you know, people can travel, you can be, uh, have your, or you're bringing a laptop with you or whatever it is. I mean, there's, there's, technology has made those things possible at a even a higher scale and and it also you know you you you, men, you mentioned your portfolio self storage now like it's all over the country right and and you because of technology because of you know boots on the ground teams things like that you can grow your business uh to a, a much higher scale than if you were to say i'm just going to invest within you know the hour or two hours around me. And I think realizing that those options are available to you does, does open up the, the number of opportunities that you could take advantage of. So I think it's, yeah. it's just a, a point worth mentioning. Um, can can I, I just give you a really yeah. quick thing on that? Cause I, it was a big leap for me. It was a big yeah. leap for me. But once I did it, I you know, kind of just said, oh, I'm going to take off. But I, I tell this to people sometimes just to think about, because a lot of people in California, like where, where we live, Southern California, 
they're willing to invest in Las Vegas, which is a four hour drive, right? And it's like, yeah, sure, I'll invest in Las Vegas. No, no problem, right? Uh, and then I ask, well, what about Phoenix? And they're like, yeah, probably. And I'm like, well, Phoenix is a six hour drive, right? From, from LA. Okay. I'm like, well, if you're willing to drive six hours because you feel that's our backyard or, or they feel comfortable because you know people have invested there and, and you could get there kind of, kind of quick in a day or half day. I'm like, if you're willing to drive six hours, if you just get on a plane for four hours, you're pretty much across the United States, right? You're, you're at about 80, 90% of the, of the United States. So if you add an hour in there, you're, you're, you know, you cover the whole United States. So I'm like, you know, if you're willing to drive six hours to Phoenix, because you feel that's somewhat close to our backyard in law in out of LA, you just get on a plane, you know what I mean? And, and yeah, it'll take, uh, you know, it's just, it's just kind of a mind thing, right? It's just kind of a little bit of a, uh, a way to just relate to, you know, the distance. Yeah, no, hundred percent agree. I mean, I, I do the bulk of my investing in Atlanta and it's a, four and a half hour flight. And most of the time I do it as a red eye. So I literally just sleep my way there and I'm, <laughs> I can get there and, and do what I need to do in a couple of days and head right back. So I, I think it's, um, again, it, it, you know, right along the lines of that technology discussion, there's, we can get most where we need to be relatively easy at this point. Um, Juan, I wanted to ask you. I didn't. I didn't know about the uh, clothing line or the, this uh, <laughs> yeah. this part of your background. How, mm -hmm. how did? I guess how do you make that transition? Because I would think I think listeners are going to think you know sort of in the military in <laughs> into <laughs> yeah. clothing, fashion, and then into real estate. You know, those are probably some at least on the surface big leaps. But but tell us a little bit about those transitions. Yeah, uh, great question. Great question. Uh, well, basically, uh, just to give an answer, just one answer will be my daughter. So along the line, when I was, you know, you know, being very successful in this clothing business, my daughter was born, and that's my first child. And then that kind of made me to rethink about everything because uh, having a clothing line is like I was not free on time or space, meaning I had to be there a certain hour. And then it's very competitive uh, market, to be honest, right? A lot of marketing and then you have to compete and then you always need to, uh, you need to be on top of it. So it just, just didn't give me enough time to, and then I was kind of thinking like, is this something that I can do forever, right? Am I going to be able to, you know, am I, I'm, I'm kind of missing out my daughter here, right? So is this something that I can do forever like this? And I kind of thought about it. It was like a nightmare to me. It's like, no, I can't, <laughs> this is no way. So from that point on, and I kind of start uh, venturing different opportunities, like what what could be something that I can actually laser focus that will give me uh, not just financial freedom, but freedom of time as well, right? And also the space, like yeah, if I need to go somewhere with my daughter or my family somewhere for a couple of months or something like that, uh, then what, right? So, and to make a long story short, to be honest, it, it was not something that, it was not an answer that came out like a couple of days after and i've been kind of like thinking about it like really concentrating what i wanted it and then how i can make this happen and it took me six months <laughs> it took me six months and then it's and that point it's like okay i think real estate asset could be something that will make me to achieve that dream because uh the asset could be anywhere but the asset itself will actually generate income for you 
then if that's the case, if I can have a multiple asset like that, then I, definitely I could be free from time, finance, and space. So that was a pretty much the, the reason why. So if I if I had to say one word, the reason me transitioning from clothing business to real estate will be because of my daughter. I uh, can relate to that very well. Uh, (laughs) My son being born has been a big part of my transition as well. So I think it's just, yeah, you you Mm -hmm. realize, you know, Powell talked about leaving his job, right? You you just realize that, that, that you start to, I I felt like the the scale has tipped, right? Like the importance of of money versus time. It's like, I mean, we used to think more money, more money, more money. And now it's like, what can I do to make more time? And and the money will come. And it's like, it's not like we're, we don't do, we're not in real estate to not make money, but it's, it, it's the freedom of time. I think that, that really uh, is maybe the most compelling part. You mentioned that you guys met at a meetup um, and, and a lot of people always say like, Hey, you should, <laughs> you should go to meetups. That's how you, but, and it, it it's, it is true that, that that a lot of partnerships are formed from these meetups. And so how, how did that, I don't imagine, I guess you had this common deal, but like, how did that look like for you in the beginning? Because obviously now you've gone on to uh, have a ton of success together. So how did you, I guess, develop that partnership, I think is, a, is an uh, interesting thing for people to hear about. Juan, you want to take this or you want me to take it? Yeah, you take it, man. Hey, you're the host on the meetup, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, one came to one of my very first meetups. It was, I don't know, my first or second meetup that I had. <clears throat> so I, I created this meetup, and eventually it kind of blew up and everything. But at the very beginning, one and I met there. And um, I remember him telling me about, uh, you know, the deal that he was looking at and talking about Indianapolis. And, and then he started doing, um, started showing me his underwriting, right, on, on deals that he was looking at. And I was thinking, uh, this is pretty uh, forthcoming, very trusting of somebody to be showing me their underwriting when like, he's showing me his deals that he's looking at. I could very easily go to those same deals and just say, oh, you know, I'm just going to you know, put in my offer. It's $10,000 more than this guy's offering, right? And, and I could probably take the deal, right? I already have an established property over there. I already you know, know people there. And I was like, man, that's pretty forthcoming that I, I could just steal this deal really, really easily. Um, so, but, so I started sharing my underwriting with one and just sharing, oh, this, this is what I thought about the property as well. And then, so we we're, you know, comparing and then we'd say, oh, well, what about, you know, what about the expenses here? Whatever. And so we just started doing kind of like just general underwriting together. Um, this is what I think, this is what he thinks. And then, you know, uh, comparing neighborhoods. And then we started doing this on multiple properties, right? And started, Hey, what about this property? And so we're now sharing deals with each other because hey i i found a deal or i found this one i underwrote it this is how i under underwrote it what do you think right and then now it's like back and forth and what this helped us do is really to establish trust in each other that hey we we could very easily take these deals from each other right but we weren't going to do that uh so it established sort of the, the work ethic uh like the business ethics that we had right but then it also established uh, uh, underwriting a similar vein and thinking of underwriting, right? Because underwriting, as much as you know that being a science, right, it's also an art. You can you can manipulate the yeah. numbers to anywhere, any way you want to. And you can also emphasize certain numbers any way you want to. And we started thinking, okay, well, this is how I would underwrite it because I have, you know, my friends and family investing in this and this is what I want. And this, you know, it's, this is how I create our returns. 
all of that stuff, we just started getting on the same page, started just, you know, as an exercise of really just making sure we we're on the same page. Eventually we just said, you know what, instead of like us both kind of bidding on these deals and saying, Hey, if I get the deal, I'll bring you in as a partner. You get the deal. You bring me as a partner. Let's just like, instead of both doing the same work, let's just one of us, uh, you know, we can, you know, underwrite the deal uh, like as one, as a single group rather than us both doing it individually. And so that's what um, brought us together as, as partners and deals. And that's, um, that was really, uh, that was really fortunate. I, I would say that that was a, a certainly great way to do it. I will, I mean, that was kind of a lucky way to do it. We kind of fell into it. At least I, I feel like we kind of fell into it, but we would never have met if we didn't meet at that one meetup, we would have never connected. We would have never uh, partnered together. Right. So that's very fortunate that that happened. But then, um, you know, there was a lot of the, the business ethics that we were on the same page with. Uh, there was a lot of the underwriting that we felt like, um, you know, the ways that we could change it, that we felt like we are very consistent with. But beyond that, um, it's it's the business relationship has developed a lot more into like uh, a lot of personal and uh, personal ethics, right? And, and standards that we both share because that's not something we were necessarily talking about on our, our first couple of like times we we're underwriting. But I think Juan and I both have sort of visions for our family our futures, uh, things that we'd like to help out with, whether that's charities or organizations or, or groups of people, and that we want to help each other out to be able to do those things. Um, and and that's where we, that's where the the business partnership can really survive the long term, right? In the short term, yes, you can get on the same page with somebody. Uh, yes, you can uh, underwrite together. But if you don't really have those personal standards or ethics that really match up with with the other person, then you could see this kind of like starting to fade in the future. And but Juan and I have, you know, we're basically been on the same page with with all of that for for years now. And uh, and we continue to talk about like our our dreams or what we want to what we want to do. And and we're both really really on the same page with, with a lot of that. Yeah, that's great. Juan, do you want to add anything to that? Well, I cannot add anything to that. I think that is all. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, yeah, that is awesome. It was it was it was a a great description of of what happened with you guys, but like that's what should happen. That's how that's how business partnerships should be formed. You know, I think a lot of people uh, in the space get to the point where they they just want to do a deal. They just want to I, I want to get in a deal. I want to do something, and, and it sometimes people are partnering maybe for not the right like not the right reasons. They're having uh, you know just just that need to do something and so they can end up in a, in a challenging partnership. So you guys, I think to, approached it, you know, just the right way. You, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. You were initially, you were doing multifamily together and then moved to self-storage and, and that's just for listeners. Like I, I met you in, in <laughs> I was, I guess, given your contact information to talk about multifamily and the very first call we had, you're like, oh, we don't do that anymore. We're doing, we're doing self-storage. And so <laughs> what, uh, what made you, I guess, decide to make that transition? What I know you said 2020, uh, you're sort of re re-looking or, you know, revisiting where you wanted to go. What, what were some of the factors that made you switch? 
I, I can take this one here. Um, so um, one of the things, uh, I guess, I, I, what I'd like to tell people this is that Juan and I are looking for what we consider the best deals, right? The best deals. And those best deals um, are not just storage or multi-family. They can be any sort of asset class. We're, we're open to other asset classes. I, I used to feel like I was a multifamily only guy. I was 100% multifamily. That's all I'm going to do is like, that's, just stick with multifamily. Then when like, like I mentioned, when COVID happened, gave me a kind of perspective to look at other asset classes. And then I, and then I started thinking, well, maybe I, I, I'm just going to drop multifamily and I'm just only going to do self-storage, right? That's all we're going to do is self-storage. But I don't think we're really like that. We, we really feel like we're, we're more like deal hunters and, uh, whether that's the best deal is in multifamily or storage or another asset class or you know something completely totally different, we are we are going to find what's the best deal for us and our investors, and that best deal, yes, returns are important, right? So that's going to be important, but that's not the only thing, right? Uh, we're looking at things like where it's located, who is the team, um, you know, obviously the returns, um, what's the business plan. How easy it is to um, to so, you know to make that business plan happen. What are the types of asset classes? What you know is this an ABC deal? You know these are there's many different things that go into it besides just what's what's the what's the returns? Is this a you know is this a 17 percent or is this a seven or 16.5 percent? You know what what are the returns that I'm gonna get? Um, so it's we look at a number of different things. And we're looking for what's the best deals. It just so happens that in the last two and a half years, the best deals we found have been in storage, right? And that's that's just the best deals we found. That doesn't mean that's the best deals that are out there. Right? Other people are finding better deals in in their own asset class. That that's fine. Just comparatively, these are the best deals that we found, and so these are what we bring to our our investors. But if we found a different deal that we felt like, hey, this is actually a better deal uh, in a in a different asset class. We would be open to that, to bringing that to our investors and and running that as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of a long-winded way of me saying we're not just a self-storage group and, and feeling like that self-storage is the only thing that we'll do. Where we're kind of we're open to um, other asset classes as well. In and just to add to that, um, sorry, but just to add to that, the reason why we chose self-storage at that time is because. <clears throat> the transition right because we have some kind of uh, like a plan uh, for the self-storage we, we because there was technology there already that was able to operate this on men right so we knew but the conventionally i mean i'll say about i don't know maybe about like you know like 90 percent or something they're all run conventionally meaning having an actual employee there in the place and all that right so we saw huge value just changing the operation uh, to on men uh, is that something that, and that was very new at the time that we were studying it and we saw that technology was there that is possible so like I have Paul mentioned earlier is that uh, one thing is knowing as a theory and then really doing it right so when we actually did the first deal we did a very small deal first with our uh, friends and family and then we implement that uh, the online facility type of operation there and then it worked and and we were we were able to cut a huge amount uh, you know huge expense which actually boosts our NOI net operating income on the deal just decreasing your expense and then happens to be in the self storage yeah it really depends on which state or where it's located but I would say the top three the biggest expense on self storage is 
either property tax, insurance, or payroll. And then if you were able to knock down one of those top three expenses, it was automatically we're able to boost our NOI exponentially from day one. So that's one of the things that we saw that was a value there. And then we implemented that area, uh, the factor there, and then it, it worked. Uh, if you see it today, yeah, now you'll see like the self-storage industry are moving towards what we actually did about two years ago. More and more, I, we can see that they are, they are actually implementing this type of unmanned here. And they're still very small, but they are moving towards that. Uh, is that I think the timing was great for us uh, at the time. And it, you know, COVID was in place. So everything w made a really good excuse for us to go unmanned, right? So I just wanted to add to that. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great point. I think, you know, the, the whole idea, right, when we're investing is uh, be opportunistic. Like you said, Powell, right, we're looking for, for the best deals. And it through different market cycles, it might not always be the same asset class. It doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, for these number of years, self-storage is going to be the best. And for these number of years, multifamily, there, there's there's opportunities. But if you're only looking at one specific thing, then you can really kind of limit your ability to take advantage of those opportunities. And then, you know, what you mentioned, Juan, is, is your having your business plan, having your strategy and your kind of vision thought out as to how we're going to make those things work, how you're going to make that uh, not, not just, you know, sort of surface level, oh, this is a good deal because we got it at a low price. Like, what can I do for my business plan to uh, improve the NOI so that, you know, when it comes down to it, it's going to cash flow better and we're going to have a better um, exit opportunity, you know, on the, on the back end. So I think like those, those mm -hmm. couple of strategies together, like that's what, that's what we were trying to do, especially in a, in a commercial real estate as commercial real estate investors, that's, those are the goals really it, it, overall um, with, with the self-storage deals. Um, and you guys have, you know, quite a large portfolio. Now you, you, you mentioned you're trying to do this mostly unmanned. Is that, the strategy sort of at all of the facilities are you, it, it, whether you come into it and maybe they have staff and then you're kind of trying to transition. Is that kind of your overall um, business plan for all of them? You want to take that one? You can take it. No, go ahead. Tom. Yeah. <clears throat> um, okay. So uh, yes, in general, in general, the answer is yes. It, it's going to be our business plan for all of our properties. So all of our properties are, you know, on man and they will be allowed like that. Uh, in, in the future as well. So um, we just see the the opportunity, like one was saying, of the, the the world, or at least the United States, is uh, you know with COVID uh, kind of pushing this along. Of like, hey, you've got to be able to be contactless, or you know, not have uh, you know, people can kind of self serve and be okay with that. Um, the world is moving towards that in, in general, and the self storage industry is also moving towards that. We would just like to be at the forefront of that to make that happen right. sooner so that we're catching the transitions of they were buying properties and they all have, uh, they all have, uh, you know, manned operations traditionally run and we're going to turn them into like our, use our model um, as remote management going forward and, and, and be able to just uh, expand with all, all of our properties in that. Yeah. I, what do you, what do you look for in terms of exit strategy for these? Is this are you trying to do long term hold? Are you trying to, you know, kind of have them for three to five years? What maybe it's a mix? I don't, what what is your uh, outlook on on 
you know, kind of the long term. Yeah, I'll take this. Uh, yeah, I'll take this. So I think the long term could be various uh, type of exit strategy here. But if I had to tell you one of them could be that since we are actually, the, the, you know, we acquire all this property under one brand, Korean storage. So everything is going under this one big umbrella called, so basically we're building a brand, put it that way, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the good ways that you can exit is that uh, when you actually build under one brand and then create this one big portfolio and there's a chance that you can exit as a portfolio sale. So when you access a portfolio sale, what happens is that there are different buyers, right? Obviously, if, you, if compared to selling one by one, but when you actually sell as a portfolio, uh, most likely you're going to be able to attract these institution buyers who is willing to pay the premium. Basically, we are putting all this thing together and then bow tie it very well, very nice, and then serve them saying, hey, here you go, you know? Uh, there's a portfolio of uh, 16 different locations or 20, you know, whichever, how we increase. And then, and those institutions, they don't like to buy something that is under certain amount of dollar, right? So we can meet that amount of dollar and then just basically sell us a portfolio. And that'll be one of the strategies. Mm -hmm. So in general, like what we, we have, uh, and we talked to our investors about is that we have a number of different exit strategies. And initially what we, what we show in our pro forma and then what we, model out is a very basic bland five-year sale okay if we sell the property in five years this is what we expect to make as our projection right and we say that we, there's no refinance in the middle there it's just zero to five years sell um this is what we this is what we're showing as our returns but in the background we tell them hey this is really like plan c okay this is plan c we have other plans that we're going to try to achieve um, and we think there are much more powerful plans, but if we not, if we're not able to achieve them, at least we can sort of back out with just saying, Hey, we're going to sell in five years. Now, some of that, some of those plans might be to, Hey, we can refinance this property because we bought them at such a low value that we can, uh, we increase that value. We can refinance and then, uh, you know, return capital return where our plan is to maybe return hundred percent of our capital, not just like part, part of it, but we can turn hundred percent of our capital then we could own the property for a longer term We can hold it for say every five years and then decide what we want to do. Do we want to refinance and pull money out every five years or do we potentially just want to sell after a certain point? Um, so it's, it, we have that plan. We also, um, you know, we, like one said, we have a potential portfolio sale. So this is becoming a, a much, I would say much more tangible now when we had, you know, two or three properties, it really wasn't an idea of like, Hey, let's package that deal and sell it off to an institution. But now that we got 16 different locations, it's becoming a little bit more tangible that that people are interested in just buying the whole the whole portfolio. And as we get more, as we collect more, um, it's going to be we we think that's just going to increase. Um, and so we have these other plans, but we just don't model the, that out, right? Because it's too early to model that out for our investors. So we say, hey, if these if these work out better, we will try to do something like. That. If they don't work out as well, and plans just don't turn out to be, you know, those plan A, plan B, well, we've already modeled to plan C. So if you're comfortable with that, um, that, that is something that we can fall back to. Yeah. It's a, that sort of whole strategy, you know, kind of under promise over deliver. And so if you, if you're, what you're presenting is, you know, sort of worst case scenario is a five-year hold, which is like kind of the norm, right? It's like the five, the standard yeah. syndication, five-year hold, you know, good returns, that kind of thing. 
if you can make it even better than that, then awesome. Right. That that's, that's kind of, and, and that's again, when it comes to uh, commercial investing and syndicate, that's kind of what we're all looking for. Let's, let's sort of look at it from the worst case scenario and then let's do everything we can to, to be better than that. So I think it's a, it's a great strategy and in, in a way of having, you know, sort of multiple, multiple ag- exit strategies. And I think, yeah, clearly well on your way to being able to have, you know, sort of that large portfolio exit with, with the amount of, uh, with the size of the portfolio at this point. Um, I want to, I want to switch gears guys, because I just want to make sure we have time for this. I want to get to ask you the questions I ask every guest. And since there's two of you, then we'll have uh time for, for each, but, um, basically, and I have a little bit of a feeling of where this is going to go, but, uh, First question I ask every guest is uh, based on the name of the show being "Know Your Why," but but what is your why? What what's driving you? You know, kind of further and further into this you know successful career. Well, I'll just start here. Like for me, you know, it's uh, like my my why is it's all about living the extraordinary life, right? And I want to I want to be able to live the extraordinary life. And that means like I'm not um, like freedom. I have the freedom and the freedom as of time and, and um, to do really what I want to do, right. To not be constricted by finances or, uh, you know, just obligations, things like that, that, that I don't want to do really is to be able to, you know, to enjoy life uh, kind of to its fullest. Right. And that's, that's really what's, what's driving me and to be able to pass that on to my son and, and also include not just, my future generation, but like my, I, I'm very close to my brothers and my mom and dad and my, my, my nieces and nephews. I want to be able to like instill them in them that they can take this path as well, that they can, uh, they can look to their uncle or their brother or their son. Um, and, and like they can enjoy this, this stuff too. And, and, and I can bring this to them, uh, along with my, uh, you know, extended family here. So that's for me, it's really about, providing that opportunity and, um, and being able to live that life and, and be able to pass that on to those who I'm close with. Right. How about you, Juan? Yeah, I think I kind of briefly said about my why a little bit uh, when I talked about my daughter. So that's how uh, I initiated uh, my why, uh, really knowing what I really wanted it, uh, and which in a conclusion at the time came out to be uh, a freedom of finance, time, and space. Uh, so those are the three type of freedom that I was and I am kind of well, going forward towards it. And then I am kind of partially doing that right now because uh, <laughs> I don't know if I told you about this, but we and our family we decided to live in South Korea for about a year or two going forward. And then I'll tell you what, you know, real estate, this business allowed you to do that. Well, obviously I need to work <laughs> in a different time zone. Uh, that's the caveat here, but uh, yeah, Ultimately, that's that's my goal, and that's where I'm aiming. But eventually, uh, but you know, lately, another thing kind of came out was that, uh, uh like I, not only for myself, but also I wanted to be the uh, kind of be a part of a source of blessing. Put it that way. Is that uh, it's not about how much I get or how, how much benefit I get. It's more like also how much benefit and blessing can I actually flow through me to others as well. Uh, I'm in the very early stage on that thought right now. So I don't know how it's, what kind of venture or what kind of things gonna pop up, but uh, definitely I like to be one of the source of blessing for others as well. So we'll, we'll see on that. 
It's fantastic. It's fantastic. I love it. Uh, are, have you already moved or you're, you're planning on moving in the future? Uh, well, my, my wife is already in Korea. We already got a place in there. So I came, I'm right now I'm in Dallas. So I need to kind of you know, get rid of my car and things like that. So yeah. I'm kind of doing that at this moment. And hopefully I can go back, uh, hopefully, I don't know, like you know, early September or something like that. Yeah. Fantastic. Congratulations. That's yeah. awesome. Thank you. So his, his whole family is there. They, he was already there. He, yeah. He came back just to go. Just for this it. podcast. Just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just, just for you, Jason. I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, no, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's uh, that, good for you. I'm uh, very happy for you. That sounds awesome. Um. Well, maybe maybe you've already maybe you've already done this, but the next question is: Tell us something about yourself that isn't common knowledge. And Juan, you you may have already uh, gone, really ahead, gone ahead with that. So so we'll leave this one for Powell. But basically, just just something to let people know you better. Um, you know, uh, does, doesn't have to be business related. Anything, anything you're comfortable sharing. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, first of all, if you do know me, you know that I love beach volleyball. That's my thing. Saturday, Sunday, I'm out of the beach playing beach volleyball. Um, but one thing that I I don't know. I, I, I kind of hold this as a proud moment. Um, has nothing to do with real estate, but I've, uh, started a fire with just like sticks, right? Just sticks, rubbing sticks. And it, like, it took me four and a half hours of going like this <laughs> with a stick, uh, to start a fire. But I was like, I'm determined to do this. I kind of like researched it and figured out how, you know, and I was like, I just want to be able to like say that I could start fire with just rubbing sticks together. Um, and so it, it was one of those things that I was with my friends. So I was with a bunch of friends the whole time we were at a pool party and they're like, are you going to hang out with us? Or are you just going to go there and just like rub your sticks together? And I'm like, no, I got to do this. That's what I got to do. I, I, I'm here to do this. Like, and it, so it took me four and a half hours of them berating me and making fun of me and laughing at me and the whole time. And, and I'm just like, no, I got to get this done. And then when I finally did it, I was, I was super happy. I was literally like Tom Hanks. I was like, I've got fire, you know, like, a, <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah. And I was thinking, I was like, I just not that many people in the world, that, you know, very small selected people have ever, or can do that. Right. And I was like, I don't know, one of the few people, uh, that, that could do that in the world. So that was a accomplishment that I'm, I'm happy to say I can, I should put on my resume. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Definitely, definitely very few people would have that weren't in the wilderness and under threat of survival taking four and a half hours trying to do it. So that's that's uh, really a testament to your determination and willingness to stick it up. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, when people hear this and they want to reach out to you guys, what, what's the best way? We'll put we'll put it whatever you want in the show notes. Sure. I mean, for me, they can reach out to me on, on Instagram. You can Instagram is the easy way. You can DM me um, on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook. Uh, those are probably the two. I'm on the other platforms as well, but I just I'm not that um, just not that frequently. But yeah, Facebook and Facebook and Instagram, I would say, are good ones for me. And then if they, um, you know, if they're interested, they can, they can always email me too. Um, just Powell at uh, RadiantWe.com. So P O W E L L at radiant r-a-d-i-a-n-t-w-e.com how about you one yeah okay um well pow is the, the social guy uh, i'm the one in the you know back in the current type of guy so uh i don't really have 
uh, much social media out there that is, I'm exposing myself. But if they, you know, if they want to reach me directly, also they can reach me to one w o n at radiantwe.com. Yeah, that'll be the okay. content. All right, we'll put those in the show notes. Uh, final question for you guys: uh, what, what piece of advice would you give to someone who wants to get started in real estate, whether it's what any any type, single family, multifamily? storage, whatever it is, what would you tell them to kind of get them started? They've heard your story, they, they're inspired. What, what would you tell them to kind of uh, get them off and running? Why don't you go ahead, Wad? Uh, yeah, uh, I think if I had to give one word for that is you need to, they need to get up from their comfort zone. I think that's the biggest one uh, because even me, right? Like it was like, I'm kind of almost like going to the unknown, right? Stepping myself to the unknown. Mm -hmm. And then you just have to be comfortable enough to be able to uh, get off from your comfort zone. So that, that'd be my advice. Awesome. I would say that in terms of like practical, um, practical steps, you know, you really need to get educated and get around people. Right. So that means, you know, education you can get from things like this, like being on your podcast or listening to your podcast, Jason, um, there's other free resources out there, you know, listen to many podcasts in whatever field of real estate that you're in. Uh, but also you need to be around people that are doing this. So if you're around the people that are, that are doing uh, what you want to be, be doing, <clears throat> um, a lot of times they see your problems as very small and they can help you get over them really quickly, right? So initially, like my, I talked about like, hey, I don't know how to invest out of state, right? Well, now if you came to me and, and that was your issue, I would just, you know, I would just be able to tell you and give you many examples of not just my stuff, but like many people's stuff, including yours, Jason, that you can, invest out of state, you know, you're, uh, it's, it's, it's not a barrier any really anymore. Um, and so whatever, you know, sort of hang up you have, you get around those people that are investing in real estate or around real estate and they're doing what you want to be doing. They'll be able to help you get through whatever, whatever hang up that is. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely people. true that just getting, getting that, getting that person that, you know, maybe isn't years and years ahead of you, maybe they're a little bit ahead of you, but but also, you know, sort of tying the two together, that's not always going to be comfortable, right? So as Juan said, like sometimes going to those meetups, you know, going up and talking to people, whatever whatever networking technique you're going to use, sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable. And I will be the first to admit it's very uncomfortable for me. And so it is it is so true, like the way to, um, you know, expand your business, get, have growth, personal growth even is, is to to get out there and, and do it, just go talk to someone and then talk to another. So, you know, just kind of, you know, make it step-by-step. Step. So um, I, I, this has been great guys. I, I want to say thank you. First of all, thanks for, for coming on, taking the time out. Um, I know you're both very busy. I'm glad we were able to coordinate this. So, so thank you very much for coming in and sharing your story with my listeners. Absolutely. Jason. Hey, I really appreciate it. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you, Jason. Thank you everyone. Yeah. And folks listening, I know you're going to get a ton of value out of this episode. So uh, please like, rate, and review so we can get more great guests like Paolo and Juan. And thank you all for listening. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, 
or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.